This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Good afternoon. It is 2 p.m. Central Time. Friday, April the 8th. I'm Leon Davis along with Warren Harper, and you're listening to Altitude Adjustment. I appreciate you being with us today. How you doing, my brother? I'm doing good. Happy Friday. Yay. Yeah. So so did you have any April Fool's jokes pulled on you? Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah. Did you? I did not. Um, okay, good. And and I kind of, I kind of, I don't know, that that's, you know, kind of some, it seems like maybe some silly stuff, but, you know, life life is about enjoying silly sometimes. Well, yeah, I, sure. If you can enjoy it, it's, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, anything you can enjoy, hey. And, well, I don't know about anything. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> oh, that wind him up. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take that one back. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so... Um, I, uh, have I've actually left the house, uh, a couple more times than, uh, I had previously done. I, I get the feeling that things seem to be loosening up as far as the pandemic. Have you found that to be the same for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot less people are wearing masks, a lot uh, less mask requirements. Some stores do still depending, you know, health care facilities are still pretty much want the masks on. But in general, the mask uh, requirement is really going away. Mm. It's going away. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, I'm looking at that and I'm going, you know, all that to do about uh, masks and, you know, fighting people and threatening folks, you know, um, a few more months and, you know, we start, you know, moving back towards civilization and all of that seemed to be unnecessary effort because those efforts didn't necessarily push the masks, the dropping of the masks any faster. Did you, do you think that may be the case or do you think maybe they, they had an impact and that they kind of helped move the issue along? Well, I think uh, I think the um, objectors or dissenters on the mask, people that the anti-maskers, mm-hmm. I'll say it like that. I think they had a lot to do with it. Okay. And then so the you... economic issues were really key as well because people felt like, uh, you know, job situations had a lot to do with uh, with whether or not people wore masks or you know. I just think that um, different different economies, different governments, different societies are looking at it a little differently here. Uh, in the United States, you know, we're kind of in the middle. We got a lot of anti-maskers, but then we have a lot of people that, that want to be safer. Uh, China, for example, they, they are, I think, headed for a lockdown last time I heard. I'm not sure, but uh, it's totally different, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so 
just so I'm hearing you right, you think that the medical industry is not ready to let go of the masks. You think the, the, the changing in attitude is based on people protesting wearing masks. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think there's any doctor office or medical facility that you can walk into and they're not going to ask for a mask. Okay. All right. And that tells you something that they're still concerned, you know? Well, okay. So, so the medical facilities and, and I'm, I'm not saying this to dispute what you're saying. So mm -hmm. medical facilities have to operate from caution. Sure. So it may not be that that they feel it's absolutely necessary, but but for patients that may be higher at risk, they're going to be they're going to um, have those P patients in their offices and in their facilities, and so they they really have to operate from a position of caution. That's true. And so that's true. And so yeah. So I, I don't. So for me, there's a, there's a, I, I weight their behavior differently than I weight the rest of the society. So, well, yeah, you, that's a good point. But I think as individuals, we have to weigh our own uh, situation as far as how precautious we want to be. Because as individuals, we have different health situations right. and different vulnerabilities. So, yeah, it's going to be an individual thing too. All righty. So, uh, try to get to our topic today, uh, free to be me. This topic was, so, so this topic came to me, I was researching another topic, which was, which is tomorrow's topic. Um, tomorrow's topic is I IVF as trauma therapy. And we'll tell you more about that tomorrow. Um, but while I was researching that one, uh, this one came up, or while I was looking at that one, this one came up. This one was a story that was running at the same time, I guess. Uh, so there's a 29-year-old <clears throat> young lady. Um, she is a uh, Instagram influencer or a um, social media influencer. I don't want to limit her to, to Instagram because she's actually on fans only. Uh -huh. um, spent $1.3 million on plastic surgery. She had work done on her boobs, on her butt, on her vagina. And, uh, you know, they, they included in the price, some other things, you know, typical, um, things like hair extensions and facials and skincare and non-surgical procedures. But what stuck out to me was the um, $1.3 million on elective surgery. Uh -huh. Now, elective surgery is surgery that is not for the health of the patient, but for, um, I don't, I, I see it as vanity. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes, sometimes that vanity may be necessary for someone who, who is, really traumatized by their appearance and, you know, they go out in the public and they get stares and, and those kinds of things. And so it hampers their everyday function. 
And so that's still, and it can be an elective, elective surgery. Um, but I, I kind of feel like I separated a little bit. But uh, so $1.3 million of electric surgery, elective surgery, and she had surgery on her vagina. Um, all righty. So she says uh, she has a daughter that's 13 years old. That becomes relevant to me also. Okay. She says she's actually only had two boob jobs. And people don't believe that uh, her boobs, that they're, they're, she's only had two surgeries because her boobs are so big. I guess they were big before she started having surgery, but but she's had two surgeries. And she's thinking of getting another boob surgery. She doesn't want to be bigger or smaller. She just wants a refresh. And she'll stay the same size. Right. Um. Well, what did you think? So, so, so my first inclination is to be cautious, to, to interject myself into a woman's issue, a, a woman's issue to beautify herself to, you know, what, what is, what does she need to function well? And so, and so my first thought is to be cautious on that. And then I look at, you know, how does that impact me? So I don't, I'm not getting the surgery. I'm not paying for her surgery. Right. I'm not necessarily living with this particular patient. Um, so how does that impact me? How, uh -huh. What do I have to talk about? You know, why, why am I opening my mouth? Right. And then I think, so she is an uh, um, OnlyFans influencer, and that's where she makes her money, and she makes millions. Right. Well, those millions come from somewhere. It may be women, but I have a, a sneaking belief that there are a lot of young men and older men that are helping finance that lifestyle. Oh, absolutely. And so I look back at my 22 year old self, as opposed to where I am now. And I'm thinking, you know, what kind of environment did I help create with my hormones? <laughs> is that, is that fair? Uh, never would have crossed my mind, but hey, that's me. <laughs> you say that would not have crossed your mind? Nah. Mm, okay. So, so I'm thinking, you know, as, as men, you know, there's, we help create the environment of what is considered beautiful. Uh-huh. And in a world with 8 billion people, there is an extreme amount of competition for people's attention. Yeah. To not get lost in the crowd, so to speak. 
And, and so my concern is that, that there are a lot of young men who, who aren't looking down the road like I wasn't at 22. I did the best to look down the road, but you know, um, I wasn't a, a you know person that whistled at women walking down the street. I was probably a little too timid for that at that time. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, I hung out with the guys that did do the whistling and, and I did my share of not being very gen- gentlemanly uh, at times. Okay. And so, and so how, do, so I'm thinking these young men who are helping finance this, they, they, they aren't thinking necessarily about the environment that they're creating they're following their basic instincts. So now how, how are they contributing to this situation? So if they're, if if they're not, if they're not watching her and they're not sending donations, she doesn't have $1.3 million to spend on plastic surgery. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not only does she not have the $1.3 million to spend on plastic surgery, there's no market for her to want to spend $1.3 million because there's not a bunch of guys wanting to see her after she's had plastic surgery. Okay, sure. Sure, I get it. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Okay. Wow. It's allergy season. Well, normally uh, I I have on my checklist, make sure you have something to drink. Oh, okay. That too. And and you know, and the bad part about it is you forget one, you, you get into a rush one time. I got into a rush one time, made it through the show without it. The next time I was like, yeah, I made it through the show. <laughs> so okay. before long it becomes a habit. I just right. check off the box uh-huh. and it, and Invariably, it will come back to the time that this will bite you, bite me. Let me talk. This will bite me. I knew it would. I got comfortable, you know, not doing what I said. I so so. Occasionally, I need those reminders that to be diligent is important. So I'll make sure I put some some something to drink. so that I don't have that issue okay. in the future. But I think your question was, um, what was your question? Do you remember? Well, I, I didn't really have a question. Uh, there are some things about it. You were saying that uh, the young men or whoever, what are maybe even women, were contributing to the financial well-being of these people by by doing what i mean if they're just watching a video or are they buying materials i don't think are they selling anything or is it just videos well there's some so so there's an industry of young ladies um we've talked about it before there was so Mm -hmm. we stream on twitch if you go to twitch yeah yeah there's young ladies just sitting in a pool for eight hours Mm -hmm. in a bathing suit 
doing crossword puzzles. Yeah. And they're making a living. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Right. Yeah. And so now when you say young men though, are are you distinguishing these guys by the age or just in one group in general? So so I my thought is yes there are older men that are contributing but a lot of them have bills and are probably um, contributing. They don't have as much disposable income, or if they do have disposable income, they have other avenues that um, that they spend their their disposable income on. I, I right. just make it. I made a generalization that they were young men um, because, as a young man, and I remember as a young man. Um, I was less discriminating about how I spent my disposable income. Okay, I get you. I get you. Okay. So, so, so my thought is, is, is I'm trying to, I don't know, push this suss out the, you know, what what do we have? as responsibilities to our fellow citizens. Uh-huh. On one aspect, we could say, you know, it's her life. If she wants to spend $1.3 million on right. elective surgeries, who am I to say or do anything about that? But right. then again, we've had um, countless stories of young ladies um starving themselves, bulimic, or uh, uh, can't think of some of the other terms for eating, eating disorders because of unreal expectations of beauty and worthiness. And how do we contribute to that environment, I think becomes important. Well, yeah, I, that that may be important to some people, but I think in general, the average person, consumer, contributor, or whoever, uh, whatever we want to call them, I don't think they're really going to be looking at it like that, or or really care about that side of the scenario because they're just doing the, whatever they do. If they're watching the video or if they're even donating a $10 tip or whatever they're doing, I don't think they really have the mindset to care about those things. So why, why is it that you, why is it that you don't think that they care? Well, if they did, they wouldn't do it. Well, I mean, some, I, I think that some people do it because that's what they want to do, even though they, there are people that I think do things that they know aren't right, but they're sitting behind a computer punching a button and nobody can tell you who they are. So they do Uh them anyway. And so, and so my concern is, is if we don't call out that kind of behavior, then just like bullying on the internet, it's going to continue because there's a level of anonymity and there's no pushback in society to make those changes. 
So if we don't, if we don't make it important to be mindful of who you give ten dollars to and why you give ten dollars, uh-huh. then then you're right. We can continue to go down that path of letting society go wherever money takes us. I'm I'm saying that we should at least consider um, not letting that be the case because I, I think it can be destructive. And, I, and if someone can, you know, give me an argument that shows that it will work out fine, then I'd be more likely to um, not think the way that I'm thinking. But I just, I see the harm. I see the problems with that. And so, and so addressing those to me is important. I have a daughter. I have, uh, I want to have grandchildren and I, I would like for them to be in an environment where they didn't feel they had to spend millions of, of dollars to be successful because. Sure. I, I agree. I agree. Okay. Yeah. But I think the, the bottom line is it, it, we only have control so far in society. And the best example is in your own home, like you say, with your own daughter. Uh, I don't know how we can possibly uh, change the mindsets of society in general when people really are more focused on their their narrow mindset. Well, you know, as far as that goes, I think you have to, if you see something, say something. You know, I mean, I, 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 I can't believe that just accepting that that's the way it is, is going to, is, that's definitely not going to make change. Okay. That, that's just definitely not going to make change. But at least if we are um, talking with each other and we're saying, hey, um, I know you don't think that, that you're giving that $10 is hurting the situation, but here is how it impacts society as a whole. This is how it impacts your sister. This it impacts okay. how your, your cousin. This, it, this is how it impacts the people around you. And do you, you know, with you now having that information, do you want to continue to do that? Do you want to continue to just ignore what the potential harm is? Well, yeah, I, I, I understand your, your uh, thoughts on that, but the way I see it, uh, the average person, 90 75 to 95% of them are going to say, that's not my problem, you know, in their minds. They're not going to see it that way. And you disagree, but I just don't think people are uh, at that level of concern in general. Okay. I I, I think you may be right, mm-hmm. but, but, um, but as I've said before, um, you can't make change if you're not in the game. If you're not in there um, advocating for change, then you can't expect change to happen. Well, sure, sure. Like I said, you can start right in the home. And you can also carry the conversation out 
to the street, wherever you go, wherever you function, uh, you can get that message out. But I don't know how many people really see it as their issue. I'm not telling you don't, don't try, but people are just so focused now on what they got to do. And if they got extra money they want to spend on something like that, well, maybe you can convince them not to, but I think- Well, I'm not trying to convince them not to. Mm -hmm. I am trying to start a conversation with them to okay. see if they understand what they're doing has an impact and what that impact is. Because I, I think that there are a lot of people who do things and don't see the consequences. Uh -huh. Or, or, or uh, when they identify consequences, they identify the scope in a small way, how it pertains to them individually and not how they're impacted by um, the, the uh, consequence of their actions globally. You know, if, okay. if, if, if we don't, if, if people who have learned lessons don't turn around and give back, then we'll continue to make the same mistakes over and over and over and over again. The sure. benefit of wisdom is that we've made those mistakes. We have an idea of the potential pain and problems that will be caused by that. And then we'd be negligent to not do something about it. And so, well, yeah, you're right. If you want to do something, you do something. How do you focus uh, your direction in this scenario, though, is another thing I'm looking at. You talk about the guy or whoever that might be on the consumer end of the product, the uh, the videos or whatever the young ladies are, are how they're however they're exposing themselves aren't they liable for this scenario as well? Wouldn't it be appropriate to point out the problem to them as well? Well, I, I, so, so, um, so if that young lady, if I had a chance to talk to that young lady, mm -hmm. that wouldn't be the first thing I would bring up. Okay. I would just talk to her. If she asked my opinion on it, then I would give her the opinion. The conversation I'm trying to have is I'm looking at the general state of things. Uh -huh. And I'm bringing what wisdom I have to say, we should look at these things this way because these are the potential problems. So at least we are making the conversation. I'm not, I don't, give myself, I don't believe myself that I'm going to change people's minds. But if I don't say anything, if I don't bring wisdom, you know, whatever wisdom I have to the conversation, if we're headed in the wrong direction, we're going to continue to head in that direction because we're not being, we're not providing uh, better information because we're not providing information that young people haven't learned yet. You know, as, as I talked the last show, if you haven't learned it, you can't teach it. If okay. you don't, if, if you, 
if you only act on your impulses, then you're not using logic and reason. And if you're not losing, using logic and reason, there are going to be um, results to that that you may not have anticipated. And so the idea behind the conversation isn't to point the finger at the young lady and say, you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that. It is to examine um, my part in making that happen. When I was 22, when I had more disposable income, uh-huh. I was more likely to be that guy dropping 10 bucks. Well, I take that back. I wasn't that kind of guy. But I'm just <laughs> saying, you know, at 22, I made some mistakes. I can look back. I know what those mistakes are. I'm looking at 22-year-olds that I deal with, 23-year-olds, 25-year-olds, 28-year-olds, and and listen to their conversation and understand, you know, how would they benefit from, from my wisdom? How would they benefit from my years of learning? Because if if you if you take your wisdom to the grave with you, you damn the people that come behind you because they're going to make the same mistakes because 22-year-olds are 22-year-olds. They don't get wiser just because they got older. They get wiser because of the experiences that, that they have and that the information that they have available to them. <coughs> Pardon me. <clears throat> so so I want to try to make that information available so that and I'm not I'm not saying that I'm going to be right. Okay. I'm just saying it's a it's another way to look at life. Elective surgery is about cutting open the human body. Uh-huh. You're taking a knife and you're slicing into the human body. It'll, re- it'll heal and repair, but there's risks involved. Because even the young lady talked about she got an infection from butt implants. We have young ladies dying from butt implants. If I can do something to save one young lady from dying from a butt implant, it is well worth um, criticisms to not speak. You know... You just brought something to mind. That there is a young lady that came through those experiences, and she's actually on video talking about those experiences with other women, mm-hmm. and they're sharing all of this. And I thought it—I thought it was pretty powerful. I'm, I'm trying to think of her name. Her name is Kay Michelle, I believe. Yeah. And she's, it was, it was pretty eye-opening to see what those women have gone through. Mm-hmm. And I think that is probably one of the most powerful impacts that somebody can make. Somebody excuse me, actually experiencing all of those bad things with their body going through the surgery and all of that. And because I don't think the average guy is going to be that responsive. I'm not saying you shouldn't talk to him. Don't get that idea. But I'm thinking, uh, I think it, it's more on the person that it's really going to have the most dramatic effect to 
think about this. Well, I, 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 I can see where that, you know, is, is a point. And, and I think it's a fair point. Um, but also, um, there is no way to tell where people get inspiration from. People get inf- inspiration from a lot of different sources and they get inspiration from insp- uh, sources that, that you don't even think that they've even come into contact with. Okay. Um, oh, I, there was something that jumped in my head. I went, um, so you, so you, the, the thing that you, I, I'm not calling for. So, so one of the things is to push for regulations to regulate the industry to, yeah. um, to, to keep this from happening, to uh-huh. make, put regulations on elective surgery, to put regulations on who can stream and who not can stream. And I'm not calling for that. I'm saying, let's, let's, let's talk about what are some of the potential problems. Let's see if we can come to an understanding without having to go that route and to help people to see that if we create an environment where money and looks is currency, well, money is currency by definition. Yes. But, but you know, if, if we, if, if everything is motivated or motioned by looks and money that can have severe detrimental effects. It all has to be tempered by some kind of wisdom, some kind of logic, some kind of very good reasoning. You know, um, you know, people have, you know, have no, she has, she's already had two boob jobs. She's already had an infection from one surgery and she doesn't see there any problem. And not only that, she has a 13-year-old daughter who's watching uh-huh. all of this. Right. Okay? And she obviously believes that there's no harm going to be done to her 13-year-old daughter from this. I, I don't know. But did you get that's the impression you got? If she's doing it and she's got a 13-year-old daughter, how else can you see it? Is there another way you could see it? She is she's hiding all of the surgeries from her daughter. Yeah, well, I I don't know. I I have no idea how certain people think, and you you would wonder why they wouldn't see what's right there in front of them. But who knows? No, I don't. And you don't want to regulate it, right? I'm I'm saying, let's try to find common ground and reasoning first. There may be, there may come a time when legislation is necessary. If we have enough people dying from this stuff. I mean, I, it's difficult to, you know, how do you, how do you say I'm going to pass a law to make you stay alive? That, that sounds crazy. If right. I want to, if, if I want to die, if I want to kill myself in elective surgery, who are you to stop me? But if we're creating an environment where, you know, hundreds of young ladies are dying from this environment, how do we, and we can't reason with them logically, we're telling them, <clears throat> don't go to 
San Juan and get a butt implant. And yet, another news story about someone that got a cheap butt implant. Yep. Because you're not going to reach everybody. But if you don't reach enough people, then you may have to use more stringent methods of communication. If you allow us to, if, 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 if I'm dealing with a person and I've tried conversation, I've tried uh, carrot, you know, offering incentives and I've tried um, putting into place punishments and I'm not getting through and I'm not reaching that individual. The only thing left is to go to a much stronger communications method or walk away from the situation. And some situations are just not available for you to walk away from. because it impacts too many people. So what, if you could sit down with this person on the online that's doing this, how would that conversation go? What, how would you try to approach that the issue? So if I was to sit down and talk with her. To the model that's getting the I know what you're job. saying, the young lady. Uh, her name is yeah. Chloe. What is it? Kardashian. Um, <laughs> she looks like a Kardashian. She's had herself, you know, modeled after. I thought she right. was. <laughs> yeah, she looks like one. Chloe Khan. Okay, Chloe Khan. Well, you know, there, there are uh, several women who have used plastic surgery to look like Barbie. And I think that's what she did. She, I think she tried to look like, like Chloe, Chloe Kardashian because when I saw the picture, that's who I thought I was looking at. Okay. So, so having a conversation with her, um, you know, that conversation is going to go based on her receptiveness to me. Uh-huh. You know, if, I mean, if she's basically giving me the stink eye because she thinks I'm going to, you know, come and um, try to shame her into changing her, her behavior, then, of course, she's already telling me, it's not important what you have to say. Right. So you, you can't talk to someone. You can't impart wisdom on someone who doesn't want your wisdom. Uh-huh. You can only talk to, you can only try to help people that want to be helped. And if she says, I don't need your help. What is there to say? Nothing, nothing, not to her yeah. anyway, not to her yeah. anyway. I can I can uh, have the conversation with somebody else that was willing to listen or willing to have the conversation. You don't have to want to agree to, with me to have the conversation. Because yeah. you can present your issue and maybe you can convince me that the way I'm looking at things is a little too drastic. But that starts yeah. with a conversation. I look at it like I look at it in terms of being an addiction because sometimes people will do the most 
drastic things or horrible things to their bodies in these situations for the for the money that they're going to get or they think they're going to get and they know they could suffer i know they've heard stories about infections and all of this stuff that's going on you know but they're they're willing to risk it for that financial reward sure and 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 we've created an environment where um where it becomes easy to go to and, and take elective surgery you know the uh Shows like uh, Nip Tuck. Did you ever watch Nip Tuck? No, I, I heard of it, but I never watched it. Nip Tuck was a, a a show about plastic surgeons, and they would go through and they show all of these beautiful people, and uh-huh. you know the surgeries that they went to, and they created a drama around it. I'm not saying that that's the problem. I'm not saying it's necessarily a part of the problem, but it is a part of developing the culture okay of so did they touch on the dark side or there was it all glamour sure they touched on some of the dark side but but again okay. what you just said was people know the risk mm-hmm. and they, and they don't care right so so once you glamorize it once you say this is a beautiful thing for you to do people shut out the risks associated with it because yeah. maybe their environment that they're in is, you know, um, more difficult and they see that this is the way out. Um, uh, or they uh, just have this desire to be, um, they need positivity. They need affirmation. And this is a form of affirmation for them. And so, and so they ignore the risks or at least convince themselves that the risks, the rewards are greater than the risks, that they're willing to pay those risks. And so, as long as somebody has made an informed decision, you try to accept that that person is making that decision based on good information. I don't know how. You got people that do extreme sports. Yeah. People that do extreme sports are more likely to to have injuries and death. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you're probably not going to convince a lot of those extreme sports personalities to walk away from that. So, So how do you deal with it? You just put out there, these are the risks, and then just let people do what they do? question uh this extreme sports exists for a reason it's a business 
And so in any business, there's a profit motive and that's why it exists. So the people that get involved with it are getting involved for the same reason. There's some benefit to them and they're willing to take that risk, you know? People do crazy things for financial benefit. And that's that's what's going on in our society today. And I, I think there are some there are some um some people that that are adrenaline junkies. They they have to do something to push themselves over the edge. Uh there's a element of risk and danger that they need in order to feel that they've achieved some level of comfort with their life. Um, there are people who um, who are completely very insecure and doing something of that puts that's higher risk gets them more sympathy, which is what they're they're really trying to achieve in the first place is getting that that connection with people for whatever the you know for the mm-hmm. sympathy or for the for the um accolades or you know I, while money is a big motivator mm-hmm. i don't want to put it as the only and most severe motivator um the reason there's money in it is because people want it. So the people that want it aren't making money. The people that are providing it are making the money and that's why they do it. But the reason that they do it is because there are people asking for it. Sure. And it's the asking for it that I'm trying to address. It's when you ask for things, making sure that what you're asking for creates a better environment than just you wanting to see it. So, so we've got, if people ask, you know, they, they tune in young lady in a uh, bikini or whatever, uh, 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 form hugging outfit. And they say, you know, is, is, is any of that plastic surgery? And, and the young lady would respond, you know, yeah, this is plastic, something's plastic surgery. And they walked away. Eventually that would stop. The plastic surgery would stop. If someone just asked. Well, I mean, if, if, if they, if once they understand that there's plastic surgery involved, elective surgery right. involved in what they're, they're supporting and they walked away, then elective surgery will start to drop as, you know, as a, as a tool to make money because the demand goes away. So do you feel like if a lot of the people watching these Instagram models or these, whatever that other site is, if they woke up and said, Oh, those are fake boobs. That's fake butt. They're going to stop. They're going to lose interest. Well, if they did, then the elective surgeries would stop. But I, well, do you think they would walk away? I mean, I'm thinking, uh, you know, the average guy knows that that's fake. You think? 
I, I think you can look at a lot of them and just. Like, I think come I on. think there are quite a bit. <laughs> Let me take that back. Because you we don't not I I think most guys don't have enough experiences physical experiences to be able to easily identify um, elective surgeries. Okay. So, it, but the question then becomes, if you know it's elective surgery, what do you do? If you continue to support it, knowing that there's elective surgery, then there are going, you're creating an environment where elective surgery then becomes acceptable. Yeah. I, I think it, it's, it's success is acceptable to them. So how do you make it not acceptable? I'm not, I'm not. So I'm not trying to make it not acceptable. I'm saying let's examine the benefits and the, let's examine the benefits and the, the downside of that. I okay. think elective surgery is a drastic way to for us to present ourselves as human beings. And so that's my concern. Um, I can't, so for me, I'm not going to have elective, sur ele elective surgery because I'm not going to let somebody put a knife into my body right. for me to look better. I'm not going to go and dye my hair to look prettier. That's going to impact people who look at me and say, I don't want a guy with salt and pepper hair. I don't want a guy that's, 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 you know, hair is, is not black anymore, but I'm not willing to change that just to be um, accepted. And that's a personal choice. And it just is. the same as elective surgery. It's a personal choice. I'm just saying, I want people to understand when you support someone that has used elective surgery, you are supporting an environment where people are feeling like elective surgery is the way to survive and thrive. Okay. I understand your point. And so if that's the environment that you want to create, just understand, you know, you have a hand in that environment. It is not, it is not victim free. Maybe victim's a little strong word, but, but it's not, you have a hand. If you're, if you're, I don't want to say this. You're not creating the crime. Not crime. You're not the problem. I'm not going to say it. I don't want to call it a problem. You're not the one forcing the young lady into um, elective surgery. And right. just because there are some women that are going to have elective surgery, they have elective surgery for a lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. But it's clear why this young lady is at least taking advantage of her elective surgery to, um, to make money. 
I would think that's the majority of them. I, I don't know. So maybe self-esteem or whatever confidence, but I think the majority of them, when they're going to those extremes, surgery after surgery, you know, way more than the average person would carry anyway, as far as dimensions, I think they're doing it for money. And that and that may be that uh, maybe money, maybe self-esteem. I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to step back and give it a lot of options, but what I'm going yeah. to say is, um, is that uh, that we are helping. None of this happens in a vacuum, and so we have to be conscious of: Are we playing a part? in creating an environment where we're encouraging people to put a knife in their body for acceptance of some kind. I understand your point. I I get it. I just don't think that a person that's fixed on that image really cares. Well, I, I'm not, I've never even addressed caring. I, I've, yeah. I, I'm not addressed caring in that aspect. I'm saying if they don't care, mm-hmm. is it because they don't see other sides of the issue? I can't answer that. And and so that's that's what I'm trying to to, to get at is Let's talk about the sides of the issue. And if you don't care after that, it's because you're informed and not because you're uninformed. Sure. But you have to be informed to care. So who can get that information out on a large enough scale that it's going to make a big change that you want? Well, again, it's not, it would be wonderful I'm just I'm just one person in the in the eight billion people that are on the planet. Exactly. And I'm not trying to have an outsized influence. I'm just having I just want to have a voice in the conversation. Okay. Not everybody's gonna see things the way I see them. And that's okay. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to to influence. I'm trying to have a, a voice. Having a voice doesn't mean you get your way. It means you get heard. And just like the young lady who um, tried butt implants and uh, almost died from it, she's sharing her story because she wants to get heard. Right. Of course, she'd like for people to stay away from that situation because she knows the destructiveness of it, Mm -hmm. the potential destructiveness of it, just like the millions of women who've had very successful butt implants want to share their story so that other people know that uh, you can do this and not and not worry. So, so you everybody's participating in the conversation, and all I'm trying to do is participate in the conversation. Right. I got. It. Okay. I got it. Participate in the conversation. Uh, I just think that it's uh, 
it's gotten way bigger than anybody would have imagined decades ago, but probably some people could have predicted and seen it coming, you know, man's uh, lust for certain things, uh, people's vanity, people's greed for money, what they won't do for the money. All of those are human flaws, you know? So well, it's... So the, the, the... Setting up a standard for beauty, part of that was used to subjugate other people. Uh-huh. So, so could it be foreseen that that would run amok? I guess it run amok. Could that could it be foreseen that that would then become a problem? I'm not saying it's necessarily. I don't know. <laughs> I I think it is something that probably needs attention. Uh-huh. I I I. There are going to be people who don't don't see the problem with it at all. It's it's just not that important, and for them. Um, a few women getting infections and dying from botched surgeries instead of they may not look at it and go, Hey, um, we need to stop doing electric elective surgeries or stop doing so many. They may just go, Hey, let's just make doctors better so that they don't botch things. They're going to have, they may have a different solution to the problem than I do, but we don't, uh, but we don't have a chance to examine those ideas. And so, uh, you know, we could talk about, you know, if somebody has the idea that let's, let's work on the problem from the angle of doctors and not from the angle of cultural um, acceptance, then we can have that conversation because that's a part of, that's another part of the conversation that, that needs to be had. But until we've had that conversation, the, those ideas go unchallenged. And it's when we challenge ideas is that we see the potential flaws in it. So we have to challenge our ideas before we can see the flaws in it. Because once it in our head, it is the perfect solution. It's when you start to talk about it and you meet people with other solutions that you realize your solution may not be perfect. But it has to come at the expense of having those conversations and then, and then mashing those ideas together to see what is reasonable to happen. So now what, what conversations should we be having with doctors? No, I'm just saying that there's somebody else that says, so there's two ways. There's more than one way to have a solution to it. Sure. There, there are women that are having elective surgery and right. they're cutting into their bodies. And so that may be an issue. So not having elective surgeries may be a good thing. And there may be more than one way to, to drop the number of elective surgeries. One of them is, working with people to not go get elective surgeries. Another way is to work with doctors to be better at giving elective surgeries. Another way is working with doctors 
to not do elective surgeries. So there's more than one way to solve a problem. It's discussing mm-hmm. how to solve the problem. I don't want to call it a problem. It's, it's, it's multiple ways to um, do, approach the situation and uh, come up with good solutions that more people can work with and live with. Okay, but more people who more people can work with. You, you mean the people that want the elective surgeries? Everybody. The people the that society as a whole. Society as a whole, because it it affects society as a whole, doesn't it? Um, I think it affects the people that it affects. Now, to say society as a well, whole, it doesn't affect your daughter. It, it wouldn't affect your children. Not if they're not doing it. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. But but that doesn't stop me from, like you say, having the conversation with them about my viewpoints on it and whether it makes sense or if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Yes, I can do that. But they're going to grow up and make their own choices. And at some point in time, it's out of your hands. But you're right about having the conversation. How do we do this? But beyond that, if if there aren't any more stringent controls like regulations, uh, putting uh, limits on this stuff, then it's going to be really be hard to control. Okay, very good. It's like drugs. That's another discussion, and that's a great place to stop. <laughs> right. All righty, my friend. We will be back tomorrow afternoon at 2 p.m. I thank everybody for joining us. Until then. All righty. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please, like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment, because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy, because they may not be looking out for you.